You got to smile at that one, don't you? (laughs) Good morning, brothers and sisters. I would like to invite you to take your Bibles and open them to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go through this chapter together today. It's going to be our highlight points, but I'd like for us to read those verses together so a phone would work. (laughs) iPad, just take your Bibles and open them to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, in the very first verse, it makes a proclamation, a truth that just explodes off the page. Let's read it together in our Bibles. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But the neat thing about Genesis 1 is it tells us that God didn't stop there with his creative juices. We learn that he, everything we see today, we see the stars, the sun, the moon, plants, animals, sea creatures, you know, the ground, everything comes from the creative hand of our Heavenly Father. But in Genesis 1.27, we learn the pinnacle of God's creative, creative action. I'd like us to read that together, please. Genesis 1.27. The Word of God says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. I'm going to go out on a limb today because we're here in church. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that every single person in this room believes that truth. That'd be a pretty fair assessment. We're not some cosmic accident. We didn't happen by random chance and there wasn't a big explosion where amoebas came together over time and we popped out of a primordial sea and here we are today. Every human being is created in the image of God in love by our Heavenly Father. Amen, church? I like to hear that. But friends, while we are unified in that belief that God created us, I believe there's another very important question we need to answer when it comes to our creation. Why did he do it? Have you ever really thought about that? Why did God create us? A lot of things are speculated. Maybe God was lonely up in eternity. He was craving some celestial company, so he made us. Could that be the reason? Well, as we're going to see in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it's not. Read, let's read it together. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and all the creatures that move along the ground. Did you notice the, the plural pronoun there? <laughs> us and we brothers and sisters God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit live in perfect unity in eternity for all of eternity so again God was not lonely so why did God create us well I got to tell you I have been to a lot of churches in a lot of states in a lot of different contexts and I've asked that question and almost always the answer I get centers around two ideas Number one, God created us to serve him and do his will. Or number two, God created us to obey his commands. Now, serving him and obeying him is a good thing. But I want to ask you from a biblical standpoint, is that why he made us? Is that why he created us? Without trying to humanize God, parents, you know that can't be the reason, don't you? Moms and dads, why did you have your children? Did you get together and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make these babies. And our goal is these babies will serve us and do what we say. Then we're going to give them a bunch of rules. And we're going to post them on the refrigerator. 
And we're going to see how faithful these kids will be to us. And if they are faithful, if they mess up, guess what we get to do? Oh, this is the fun part. We get to punish them. We get to, we get to really make their lives miserable. Moms and dads, I ask you again, is that why you had your children? Think about this. When you have to discipline your children, who really loses in that one? For a week, you got to hear them moan and complain and whine and beg for their freedom. So again, that's not the reason that this happened. Moms and dads, why did you have your children? You know the answer, don't you? You had those children to pour love onto them, to just love them with all your heart, to take care of them, to help them be the best they could be. But the most important reason was to be in relationship with them for the entirety of your life and again, the entirety of their life. It was all based on relationship. I'm telling you, friends, God did not make us or create us to be servants. He created angels for that. Did you not understand that? Read Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Angels are the servants of God. If God would have wanted more servants, he could have made 10 million billion more angels to take care of that. He had something so much more special in mind when he created us. And I want us to do our, t- turn in our Bibles all the way to the back. Take your Bibles all the way back to 1 John because I really think we need to read this together. And I want us to see it in the Word of God. 1 John, chapter 1. I'm chapter 3, verse 1. I don't know if you highlight your Bibles or not, or you mark in them. Some people don't. But if you did, this would be a really, really good one to say. You know, this talks about who I am and my essence in God. Look at what the Word of God says. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. I want that to sink in for a minute, friends. Look at what he says. How great is the Father's love for us. He has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. When God made us, he didn't make servants. He didn't make us to obey his commands. He made us as his children. Doesn't that make you feel pretty special? It should. You are a child of the God in heaven. So that's why God made us. He made us for relationship, to lavish love on us, and do it for all of eternity. Now, some of you may be saying, okay, Brian, what's that got to do with today? What's all this got to do with blessed to be a blessing? As you can probably guess, I think a lot. Now, we know we're created in the image of God, but it's not a physical likeness, is it? It's a spiritual likeness. But because of sin in Genesis chapter 3, we realize that it's marred right now. There are a lot of issues in all of us. But that spiritual image, we resemble our Father in this way. Remember verse 26, the rule part, rule over the fish of the sea? You know, we control this earth. We're the one who dig things up and build things and make towers and churches and things like that. So we can rule over the earth because of the image of our Father. We can bear his holiness and his righteousness. We can think, we can forgive, we know justice, we can give grace, we can show mercy. We have the ability to contemplate our own deaths. Do you ever notice how unique that is in the world? What do animals do? They run in front of a bus and die. We can think about this and we can do something about it as we're going to talk about a little bit later. This is the image of God inside of us. This is who we are. No other created entities have these abilities. But as we've just discovered, our truest essence is found in the essence of God. Scripture says something fundamental about our Father. 
Look at what it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. God is love. Now notice, it doesn't say that God is a loving being or that God does loving things. It says that God is love. It is the nature of who he is. Our primary call then as children of the Father, created in his image, is to become love. Not to try to do more loving things. But as we become love and it becomes the nature of who we are, if it becomes our heart and part of our being, we can be guaranteed loving actions are going to follow. Brothers and sisters, love, as the New Testament defines it, is not what we see in our culture today. It's not simply a feeling or an emotion. It's not simply an action or an action with good intent. Love is the source of the action. Let me give you a biblical example. And the Bible is not kidding about this. It says that we are to love and pray for our enemies. How good are we at that? <laughs> I guarantee you, friends, if we come to our enemy, if we approach our enemy and then try to love them, guess what's going to happen every single time? It's going to be an utter failure. But what if we approach them as a loving person and then deal with the issue? if love was the nature of who we are, if it became the essence of our being, then anything can occur. See, friends, love is not something that you turn on and turn off like a water spout simply based on how I feel at the moment or our circumstances. I want to say it one more time. God is love, and the more and more that we love Jesus Christ and surrender our hearts to Jesus Christ and say, God, I don't want to just try to do loving acts. I want to be a person who love pours out of me. It's the essence who I am. And when we do that and make that our number one goal in our Christian walk, we can be guaranteed loving actions are going to follow naturally and organically. God is love. And that's what we are called to do. I share with you at the beginning that the most common response to that question, you know, why did God create us, centers around obedience, doing what God says. Now, we understand from Scripture that that's not why he created us. But think about this. Once we truly love God, once we truly become love and make him our nature, what's going to be one of the most natural things that we do? We're going to want to do what he says. Again, the Bible says his commands are not burdensome. He's not trying to spoil our fun. He wants us, as our father and his children, to be the absolute best we can be. Will he discipline us? Undeniably. Hebrews 12 does a great job of explaining that. And the main reason is we can grow in righteousness and holiness and goodness. God wants the best for us. And as we follow him, we can be guaranteed. Ephesians 5, give me this next slide. Look at what he says. Paul says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. Notice he doesn't say be a loving person. He says live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering or a sacrifice. I hope you're getting the point here today, friends. It's not trying to be more loving or I need to be more loving. I want to be loved. I want it to be the nature of who I am because I'm created in God's image. It's possible. And the more and more that occurs, miraculous things are going to happen in the way we deal with our people, situations, our friends, our family, and even our enemies. You understand God would not give us a command and not give us the ability to fulfill it? <laughs> he wouldn't say, love your enemies, but you can't do it. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. I'm copying somebody today. <laughs> We can do this, friends, but we have to make it our heart's desires 
to be love just like our father and as we strive to become, to become love obedience to God's commands and imitation of his example and the way that he treats everybody in every situation with our language, actions, attitudes, hearts no matter what it's going to change who we are and then we can do something powerful in the world we talk about how bad the world is and all this chaos and anarchy what's the one thing that's going to make a difference you know the answer don't you it's love and not this pseudo love we see in the world based on this or feeling that it's true authentic people who are love in their core and respond with love no matter the situation that's what's going to make anything better according to God we're supposed to follow Christ that's a given what was his primary number one goal and action that he did on the earth give me a slide for even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many as we think about becoming love and being what God wants us to be agape love that's the love we're talking about here it is always always going to manifest itself in some sort of action when we become love guess what love has to flow from that it can remember God is love Jesus is God Jesus is God's son we are imitators of God we are created in the image of God so again let's just let as the belly brother said let that love flow like a mountain stream again blessed to be a blessing again you're probably saying Brian you're going off on a tangent here I don't think I am blessed to be a blessing what's all this got to do with blessed to be a blessing which is our theme for the day here it is what we're about to do when this service ends I want to submit to you is not primarily about us being blessed or us being a blessing it is an action in which we get to fulfill our created destiny we get to go out in our community to people we don't know and be love they're saying why are you giving this stuff to us why are you doing this stuff for us simply because we love God God is love and that's exactly what we want to be so again us being blessed or a blessing that's secondary you, you want to find joy in life fulfill your created purpose yesterday you know, we, we get there and there's, there's college students I was proud of you 8 o'clock in the morning and guess who were the first ones there I know this is going to shock you parents with college students I have one <laughs> it was the college kids and then another person came and then another person came and finally this room was just packed with people and they're lugging produce and doing all this stuff and, and just going left and right and Lori again just she's like I mean she just got it down it's amazing she said it's going to take maybe two a little over two hours to get this done there were so many people there yesterday we did Mitch you gave me a number I think earlier it was 100 and some bags and 250 of this and 250 of that did it all in an hour and 10 minutes and I didn't see one person there going I gotta go to bless to be a blessing and pack those bags you know I'm, supposed, I'm a Christian you're supposed to do that man people were in there just grinning old young and I'll tell you the coolest thing is when you saw these parents who had these little bitty kids there's this one little guy I can't remember his name he had a little basket it was a plastic basket and he, he ain't this tall he had a big old box on there and he's going <laughs> and he was just grinning brothers and sisters we were created to be love and that love manifests itself in service so today as we go out and about it's not about 
us being blessed or being a blessing. It's about fulfilling what God made us to do. And that is the ultimate joy you'll ever find in life. Amen, church. But there is something we need to talk about first. We go out today. We're going to give them a box of food that may last them through Thanksgiving and a few other days. Then guess what's going to happen? It's going to be gone. As we go out today, we need to realize as an act of love, our primary goal is not to feed their bodies. Our primary goal is to feed their souls. That's our deal at Rush Street. When you come in there, my goal is when people walk into Rush Street, they come in for food and clothes and stuff, and when they go out, they say, man, that person told me about Jesus Christ. These people prayed for me. I felt a spirit of love in there I've never felt before. And, oh, yeah, I got some groceries too. (laughs) That's secondary. So today, as you go out and you take these boxes, you know, it may be one where you just drop it off. It may be one where you have more conversation. But pray over that and let them know we want you to come to our services. We want you to know Jesus Christ. The reason we're doing this, the, the love that we are, comes from our Father. And we want you saved. Amen, church. That's the reason. And I think about today. We're not going to get out here today without talking about that. Thankfully, in a service like this, most of the people have made that decision for Jesus Christ. But there's some who've not. And your created reason for being is to be with God for all of eternity. And the only way to do that, because of the sin we talked about in Genesis 3, is to know Jesus Christ, to trust Jesus Christ, to believe he's the only way to salvation. We have to make some decisions. The thing I love about God, he's, gonna, he's not going to make becoming one with him difficult. But he's going to give us the decision to do it. He's not going to force it. He's not some holy despot that makes us do things we don't want to do. We have to make a decision to turn away from our selfishness. We have to repent. That means truly turn our backs away from what we want to do and turn to God. Accept full responsibility for what we did. Not blame anybody else. Man, friends, we live in a victim culture and that doesn't work. When we repent, we don't just say we're sorry. We say we were going this way and we want to go a new way. We want to do what's good and right. We want to become love. And because of that, we can be baptized into Jesus Christ. Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. That old flesh has got to be crucified. I tell people all the time, we don't need a heart transplant. We don't need a heart surgery. We need a heart transplant. And God will give us that in Jesus Christ. When we put our faith in him, we repent of our sins, we trust in Jesus, we're baptized into Jesus, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Friends, there's nothing we can't do. Is it going to be tough? Is it going to be a journey? Are we going to mess up? Man, I'm public enemy number one on that. But God gives us first and second and 20th and 90th chances to grow in love and to be everything he wants us to be. I'm telling you guys, today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. I don't like to bring up negative stuff. People got up in New York a couple of weeks ago and they're riding a bike on a nice crisp day. I ride bikes too. Some lunatic who turned us over to Satan smashed into them and killed eight of them. And you know the other situations in town. We don't know. But we can know no matter what happens. If we trust in Jesus, believe in Jesus, are baptized into Jesus, we can know that we are sanctified, we are justified, we are made right with God for all of eternity, and we are free. Guys, that's the good news. So as we go out today, you know one of the, I, could, I, I was thinking about this this morning, one of the best ways to start this act of love we're about to do Maybe you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. We would love to put that on hold for a second. Amen, church? (laughs) We would love to pull that screen up and help you make the best decision you ever made. To give your heart, your soul, and your life to Jesus. So we're going to give you an opportunity here in a second. Jake's going to sing a song. But I want to talk to the Johnson Street folks for a minute. Again, blessed to be... 
I don't know about you, but you're blessed, I'm blessed, and it's good to be a blessing. But we are about to have the most awesome opportunity. And I pray that every single person will not leave. Every single person in this room who's a member of Johnson Street, you, know, you don't have to. You can go do what you want to do. But you're going to have an amazing opportunity to help fulfill your creative purpose. To go into our community, be love, honoring God, and loving our neighbors. So, I'm telling you, friends, remember, if you don't know Christ, today is the day of salvation. Let's get that done. Then get out, be loved, and change this place. We can do it in Jesus. Amen, church? Stand up while we sing, please.